Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For cables, connectors, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And buy the ham station. Get your new radio or antenna by calling 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com. It's Ham Radio. Good evening, everyone. It's time for Ham Talk Live, episode number 36. Getting started with D-Star, recorded live on Thursday, October 20th, 2016. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we'll be joined by Charles Johnston III, W8KWA, the author of a free ebook called D Star for Dummies. And we'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week on the show, Marty Soloway, KC1, Chicken with Fries, was here to talk about setting up remote operations. If you missed the show, you can check that out at hamtalklive.com or you can download it from iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or YouTube. So get your D-Star questions ready to go after the introduction. Uh, you'll be able to give us a call. We are having some technical problems tonight. Um, so we're going to take our tweets for sure. You can tweet us at HamTalkLive, and uh, we'll, we'll give Skype a try. You can call us at HamTalkLive, but uh, we're having some group calling issues tonight. And uh, Charles' power just came back on, so uh, we're fighting a few technical glitches here, so uh, we're not sure if we can take phone calls uh, tonight. The number is 812-NET-HAM-1, uh, but we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes, but uh, looks like we may not have the phone line available tonight, so uh, if you can send those in via Twitter, that would be great, and uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get the uh, Skype thing to work, too, so... Uh, you can also post a comment on our website if you uh, just get on the comments. Uh, that will go to the screen here, and we can put your question on that way. So uh, that may be a good way to uh, do that tonight. So I'll be back with Charles right after this word from the Ham Station right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by The Ham Station. For 35 years, The Ham Station has brought new and used radios, antennas, accessories, and equipment to the amateur radio community. Give Jeff or Dan a call. 
at 1-800-729-4373 or order online at hamstation.com. Hamstation carries all the major brands like Icom, Yaesu, and Kenwood. Shop from a wide selection of radio scanners, MFG accessories, Heil Sound products, Mirage and Ameritron amplifiers, Cushcraft antennas, and more. Easy online shopping and fast shipping are waiting for you at hamstation.com or call 1-800-729-4373. The Ham Station, proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. What's that call sign again? WB9VPG. That's right, Delium 9 Bainte Pterodactyl Nat, right? Yeah, I don't think that's how those uh, phonetics work. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. The Ham Station has you covered for both new and used equipment. Give Dan or Jeff a call at 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com and tell them you heard it on Ham Talk Live. Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here on hamtalklive.com. And if you miss the show, of course, you can listen to the archive on the website. And uh, also, you can download it from most of those podcasting websites as well. Charles Johnston, W8KWA, Charles Johnston III, actually, is a third-generation amateur radio operator. Uh, He received his general class license in 2008. He lives in Columbus, Ohio. And Charles mostly operates D-Star on the two-meter band and is often found on the W8CMH node. Uh, He ran the former Central Ohio D-Star net on Thursdays. The net is gone, but the website is still there, and his book, W8KWA's D-Star for Dummies is posted there. So, Charles, thanks a lot for joining us on AmTalk Live tonight. Thank you. No problem. Well, well apparently it is a problem. The power company wasn't uh, <laughs> cooperating yeah. with you, but uh, we're yeah, glad. All those things. We've, we've had no severe weather around here, and all of a sudden, all of a, it's like 7 o'clock hits, and the power goes, blunk, gone. No warnings, no flickering, nothing. Well, that happens, and in fact, uh, we've had uh, all kinds of uh, issues. We've been uh, fighting over here at the uh, school that I teach at, trying to get uh, antennas and towers and everything going, so that's kind of been par for the course for me for the last uh, last week or two. Well, let's get on to this uh, D-Star thing. Um, so you you've gone out and you've bought a D-Star capable radio like maybe an Icom ID51 or the new Kenwood THD74A what do you have to do to set up that radio to get on D-Star okay this is a common question uh, when i started the D-Star for dummies it was because i became the local D-Star expert i got tired of you know, as soon as i'd go on the air how do you do the D-Star? How do you... Okay. She wrote it all out. What it boils down to is you start asking the first set of questions. Did you get the data cable or the programming cable that goes with that rig? If not, turn around, go back to the candy store, go get the cable. If not, you will find uh, programming. It tends to be a rather large pain in the rear end. Uh, once after you get that, then you sit down, explain the... What is the D-Star stack? You have a magic arrow that 
points to the four uh, four spots that you have to have filled out in addition to the regular stuff you would normally have to program your rig with. If you understand how to program your rig, then all you need to do is understand the D-Star core essentials. That's the infamous magic arrow. Uh, you start off with the first position, which is the my call. That's where you put your, your call sign. Unlike uh, Echolink or anything, uh, any of the other stuff, you just put your call sign in. So mine would be W8KWA. No dash one, no dash A, no space L, uh, just your call sign. Uh, that's going to be the same for every one of the entries listed in the memories. This is why these radios are coming out with like a thousand memories, because each one of these commands is going to take up a memory slot. Uh, the next item is how are you going to connect to the repeater? Well, you have a stack. Imagine books labeled A through E. Now, all you need to worry about is A, B, and C. Uh, this You'll be referring to this as all of the Cs will be 2 meters, all of the Bs will be 440, and the As will be the 1.2 gigahertz. They'll be listed as the call sign, and in the last character will be uh, their letter. So, for example... W8CMH, if I'm coming in to the B node, would be W8CMH, the last letter uh, C, since I'm coming into the C node on two meters. Uh, that's your repeater one. So it comes in from me to that particular node. Then we need to talk to the gateway. The gateway is, or repeater two, is always going to be that call sign and the G in the last character spot. So you got my call and the repeater into uh, W8CMHC. That's the repeater one slot. Repeater two slot will be the gateway. We have to report to the gateway. This prevents people from stepping all over each other or doubling, uh, especially coming in and coming out of the system. That's your repeater two. So W8CMH and the G in the, in the eighth position. The fourth one, that's your command. That's what you're going to tell it to do. Normally, it's just CQ, 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 three times in a row. There are many different commands that do different things, but that's the key one. So if I want to talk to W8CMH node C, I need to have listed in there the frequency, the stuff you normally have for repeater. Then my call, which for some reason software likes to put it in different places, RT systems versus ICOM, but it's... Basically, you have, to, you have to have that in there. Then you have the repeater 1, W8CMH, node C. Repeater 2 is W8CMH and G in the last position. And then the CQ, CQ, CQ is the your call position. Don't ask me why they call it this. This all originated from Japan, got translated, and then IBM, then ICOM got a hold of it, <laughs> and it kind of went sideways from there. Uh, that will get you talking locally. The second part is, where is the nearest local D-Star repeater? That's what you're going to call your home. That's the one you need to look up and you need to get registered with. Registration takes anywhere from one to three days. How that works is you go onto a website where the, they have the repeaters listed. And it's listed in my book. Uh, you find your repeater. 
go through the registration process. It's usually a website. Give them your, your call sign. It takes a couple of days because it essentially sends an email to the repeater owner, and he adds you to the database, and then it takes one to three days to propagate, and then you'll be able to connect out. The rest of it is basically the same lines except for different commands you want to use, like how to check on the uh, is it connected, uh, how to unlink, how to link, how to node hop, how to connect by call sign, how to connect to a reflector, and how to disconnect it all. That's your your simple basics for it. All right, very good. Well, there's uh, there's a lot of uh, things to consider and set up there. So uh, you do have this this book that goes along with it, and we want to uh, mention that. But uh, what's the uh, the easiest way to get hold of uh, this book online? Well, I've told people it's, uh, it's just go to Google. Search for W8KWA D star for dummies. It's usually one of the top three links. Uh, unfortunately, I'm a ham radio operator on a very, very, very strict budget, and Google's was the only one that uh, allowed a free website. So, unfortunately, what with that comes uh, a rather long URL. Very good. Well, it's on there, and I, I've that's how I found you. So. Uh, that uh, that should work. So uh, just go to Google, and again, that call sign is W8KWA, and, and look that up, and uh, the D-Star for Dummies, and, and you should find that. And you've got several versions out there, and I believe the latest version is 4. Is that right? Right. Uh, with D-Star, well, since ICOM's been picking up and things from Gathering Storm, they have the Generation 1 rig. Generation 2 rig, and right now they're on Generation 3. Now, well, the difference is, is the protocol is identical, but how you get your information in there uh, tends to hop through several different loops. For example, I started out with an ID 800. It only shows six characters on the screen. So seeing what you've got put in there, it's a lot of memorization that you've got to go through on top of that. Uh, Plus, you know, they charge for the software something like 30 40 bucks for the original software so you, you know, <laughs> it, it was really really painful to enter in especially for a new user who doesn't really know about d star it, it was a nightmare uh the, the book itself started out with uh, as i mentioned uh, people were confused they'd ask I, as soon as i get on the air it was Talk to Charles. He's the D-Star expert. Okay, so I basically had to work them through it, and I get tired of going on the air. And, you know, I'd get on the air, and it would be nothing but D-Star tech support. It's like, okay, I need to write all this down so I can just say, okay, go get this book, read it. That should get you from zero to on air. That's all it was supposed to do for the Columbus, Ohio hams. So I broke it down, and me being an open-source junkie, I build it out, put everything in there, and uh, et cetera. Well, as time marched on, new rigs came out, and people started changing terminologies. ICOM was notoriously bad about poor manuals when it comes to explaining VSTAR. A lot of people got a lot of things confused and went, hey, you know, I can talk to my buddy on the repeater. It doesn't matter that I'm stomping all over the Internet. That's all that matters. And... A lot of bad operating, so it's a lot of going through and correcting that. 
Plus, there were other options that the manual didn't explain right. My father purchased a book, which didn't explain it right. So as soon as I tore through the book and figured out what exactly it meant, I went, okay, I need to write it from one ham's perspective, you. This is what you need to put in to make it do this. This is what you need to put in to make it do that. Okay, Generation 2 rigs come out. Some changes, others not so much. Then Generation 3 comes out where ICOM says, well, we're going to put a chip with all the with a, a, like a, a snapshot of all the D-Star repeaters. So they can click, here I am, and have it magically fill in. Well, that's all well and good, but they don't add status commands. Like, well, here's this new repeater. I'm on vacation. I didn't get a chance to add in the unlink or is this link command. So as far as I know, I could talk to my buddy there on the island. And, well, I'm going across the Internet, and everybody on the West Coast is hearing me. Okay, what else is new? So all these different new things kept popping up, like uh, the OpenStar, I believe it's OpenStar, the open source version of the repeater software, that came out. Uh, plus, you had X reflectors. Those came out. Those couldn't even agree on the standard set of commands. It's like, okay, well, each one of these had a new version attached to it where I'd tweak a few things, explain it a little better, etc. So it made it to version 4. I don't have any access to Generation 3 gear, like the 51, so I can't write a how-to on how to program it, but all the core information that's in D-Star for Dummies works with all three. The protocol is fixed. It was created by JRL out in Japan. It's not an ICOM-only thing, uh, but the core material is solid. The rest of it is just, how do I get this information into the rig? All right. Well, uh, and in addition to the, you know, the handhelds and the mobiles, uh, there's a lot of people that uh, are starting to use these uh, USB dongles on their computer uh, to get on D-Star. And we're not going to get into those so much tonight because uh, we're, we're just trying to keep it uh, pretty simple and, and pretty generic. But tell us a little bit about the possibilities of, of doing this, uh, not necessarily getting into uh, to all the setup. Uh Here's the thing with the, the, the DB dongle. There's one guy who's writing software for it, Robin. Nice guy. I've met him a few times at various uh, conventions. Uh, he's a one-man guy who's doing, <laughs> doing this entire project. Uh, the DB dongle requires a lot of hoops to hop through in Windows, and it's running on Q, on the Linux side. It's running on uh, basically 10-year-old QT libraries. Well, I don't know if it's exactly 10 years, but it's like four major versions without. So it can't be run on Linux without a VR box, and it goes through a whole bunch of hops to get through. That being said, I wish Robin would open source it so that uh, other programmers can get in and uh, you know update it and bring it up to the current library so it would become more useful to other, other individuals. But if you're running an older version of Windows, you still can get it to work. What it'll allow you to do is after you've registered to a repeater, you still have to register to get in part of that database. It allows you to connect to specific readers, repeaters, and reflectors. And that's it. You can't node, can't call somebody by a call sign or what we call call sign routing. Uh, you can't uh, 
There's a, quite a few things you cannot do with it. But it can get you part of a reflector, and it can get your signal out and onto the airwaves. There are other dividers, items like uh, the DB adapter, which will allow you to uh, plug it into a 9600 baud compatible rig uh, that will let you get on D-Star. The D-Star uh, protocol, either be a simplex or repeater or whatnot, basically turns your old rig into a D-Star capable rig. That was done by somebody over in Europe. There's also a D-Thumbs, which is kind of like the DB dongle, but shrunk down to the size of a thumb drive. I've not experimented with this yet. I've, I've only seen it mentioned about the D-Star groups. Uh, plus, Kenwood, as I found out uh, <laughs> a little while ago, is finally coming out with their own D-Star rig. So that should do a lot to dispel some of the myths that uh, uh, D-Star is an ICOM only thing. Yeah, that rig is out and uh, has been shipping now for a couple of weeks, and uh, a lot of talk about it. It's uh, it's got a pretty high price tag, but uh, people seem to be real happy with it. So we'll we'll see how that goes. So so the book uh, you you've talked a little bit already about uh, you know wh- why you uh, decided to write it and uh, what all is in there. Um, I remember reading one thing online as I was, uh, doing, uh, the research for the show that you, you were, you know, saying that your neighbors were probably hearing you yell, well, why didn't they say that? <laughs> yeah, there's, I think it's, I may be wrong here, but I believe it's called Nifty's Guide to D-Star. Uh, the guy wrote it from every, you basically, you break it down to like commands, like what do you put in the your call field that makes it does what? He uses a bunch of different uh, call signs. So I'm trying to keep track. The information I want out of this book, how do I make my rig do this? Uh, so you start with one call sign. Say, okay, I need to talk to this ham, so this is how I need my stuff set up. And that would have been fine. But no, he picks an entirely different call sign. So I'm wondering, who's the original caller? Who is he trying to get a hold of? And, well, there's a bunch of call signs being thrown around. And he changes the call signs in every freaking chapter. So you have no, so it's like you've got to sit down, reread, 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 and try to read in between the lines what he's trying to do. And it's like, I've got a D-Star rig here. I'm going to figure this out. This is ridiculous. This, this should not cause this much headache. It's, it's basically, once you get into that node with your repeater one or repeater two, the only thing that's going to change is, from memory slot to memory slot is your call. It's basically a command, what you type in at a prompt. All it is is you're, it's like you write it in there so you don't have to scroll through it and make it up again. So you make up different memory slots. It's, it's, if he had explained it that way, it would have been like, wow, okay, yeah, I get it. But no, he doesn't do this in the least bit. It's like, oh. And he's charging something like uh, 19 bucks for this book. I'm thinking to myself, I'm in the wrong, I'm in the wrong gambit. <laughs> but I, I've got a 90, 9100. I've got the 9100. I've got the 800 uh, sitting behind me. And I'm like, okay, this, this is an expensive rig. It's the one rig to rule them all and the darkness bind them. At least that's, at least that's how I saw it. Uh, okay, USB cable. No problem. They, they've solved the cable gripes that 
did you get the cable? No, go back to the candy store, go get the cable. Uh, did you get programming software? No. Well, okay, which model are you using? No, you're going to have to buy that from ICOM. No, you're going to have to buy that from our two systems. Oh, you're lucky. ICOM sent that download. Okay, got that covered. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, I've got this rig here. I'm going to work this stuff out. I'm going to make notes. So when I go to explain it to the guy on the air, he says, oh, okay, no problem. Like, you shouldn't have to spend yet another $30 to purchase a book to explain what ICOM's manual should have explained to begin with. They tried to tell you a little bit of everything, but the problem is it's not the information you need to know to make it work. It's like, okay, well. I write this in, write this ebook. If somebody's, okay, you got 15 minutes to explain your problem. If not, I'm going to pass you to this book. Read the book. <laughs> it's all there in the manual. Read to it. You understand it? Yep. Great. Move on. All right. Well, that's available online. So uh, make sure you check that out and, uh, and we're going to have some more, uh, some more uh, guests do some stuff on D-Star and uh, System Fusion and DMR and all, all this kind of digital stuff. So uh, we'll be having some some updates to uh, to all of this uh, before too long. Uh, we do need to take a break. Oops, sorry. Uh, let me pause here uh, to take a break. And uh, when we come back, uh, we will take some questions. Uh, again, I uh, apologize. Uh, Skype is not cooperating with us tonight. So, uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to uh, take calls uh, through Skype. But you can comment on the website. And you can send those via Twitter, at HamTalkLive. So, go ahead and start sending those away. And uh, we'll pull them up on the screen here, and um, we'll have to do it that way tonight because uh, Skype isn't cooperating with our group calling, so uh, we're only able to make one call, and that's to, to Charles. So uh, apologize for that, and hopefully uh, we'll get that figured out. But uh, for the meantime, tweet us or comment on the website, and I'll be back with more Talk Live right after this word from Tower Electronics. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics has been the Ham's dime store since 1978, bringing connectors, antennas, cables, and other parts to the world. Scott and Jill travel the country bringing their store to you at HamFest, but you can also order online at pl-259.com or by calling 920-435-2973. Stock up on those supplies like PL259 and end connectors, audio cables, mobile antennas, and hamsticks. Their silver-plated end connectors are even in use on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics is a dealer for MFJ, Comet, Daiwa, OPEC, Workman, and HamPro Technologies. Tower Electronics, online at pl-259.com, proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. The only thing I have on is Ham Talk Live with Neil Rav. Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812 Net Ham 1. That's 812 638 4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show tonight to help bring you Ham Talk Live. They'll be at the Chattanooga, Tennessee Ham Fest 
on Friday and Saturday. They'll also be in Lawrenceburg, Georgia on November 5th and 6th, and then Fort Wayne, Indiana, November 12th and 13th. Call 920-435-2973 or visit their website at pl-259.com. Tell them you heard it on AmTalk Live. And be sure to listen to Ham Talk Live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here at HamTalkLive.com. Also check out our Facebook page and our Twitter feed. Just search for Ham Talk Live. And we'll, uh, we have uh, links uh, up there, too, to the, um, to the guide that uh, Charles has written. So you can check out the uh, direct link there as well. So, again, apologize, Skype's not cooperating, so we're not going to be able to take calls off of the phone line this evening. Uh, but, again, uh, you can type those in to the chat. So, if you're listening live, all you have to do is uh, put that in the comments on the screen there, and that will uh, show up here. Uh, you can also tweet. Uh, you can tweet us at HamTalkLive. Uh, with any of your questions, so uh, we'll we'll take them that way tonight with the with the power outage and everything. We didn't have a chance to uh, to get through all the uh, troubleshooting to see if we could uh, get that working uh, last minute. So uh, apologize for that, but um, we'll we'll have that going again next week. Um, so again, comment on the website or tweet us, and uh, we'll keep an eye open for some questions. Uh, if you need some uh, help getting set up on D-Star, just, uh, just let us know, and we'll, we'll try to get that answered for you. Um, now, uh, while we're waiting on those to roll in here, uh, I've got a couple of other things that we can uh, talk about. Uh, when we did the show uh, a few weeks ago on DMR, uh, we briefly touched on the differences between um, all the digital voice standards, and we noticed uh, that the popularity seems to be kind of regional. Uh, DMR is really big in this area, uh, but the D-Star is, is pretty big in other areas. So uh, tell us why you like D-Star over some of those other technologies and what some of the advantages are to D-Star um, and some of the things that maybe D-Star doesn't do as well as some of the others. Well, it boils down to I'm an open source advocate. I've been running, uh, I've been playing with Linux since the uh, late 90s. Uh, got serious with it about 2005 where I've been going all open source. I just got so burned by uh, proprietary stuff it was paying the Microsoft the tax, etc. But when D-Star came along, uh, it was, well, they said it was digital. I went, okay, this is something new, but we've heard about some of these digital mods coming out. I don't have the money for it, so I'm not going to worry about it until it was dropped into my hands. And I went and started doing the research on it. And uh, the D-Star protocol is open. Uh, unfortunately, due to the nature of uh, digital modes, it can't be altered. Once after JRL set its stuff down, uh, it's pretty much a fixed thing. However, you can do some uh, all kinds of tricks on uh, the repeaters and whatnot. Now, there was a lot of misconception running around. They were calling it uh, uh, closed source because of one chip. 
There's one chip in there called the AMBE chip. Uh, that chip costs 20 bucks. Other than that, it's open source. Any uh, Alinko can create it. D-Star, uh, D-Star can go on uh, basically any rig. It's a matter up to the radio or the uh, you know the ham radio operator in there who can put it together. Uh, that was a big deal for me. Yeah, I wish it was, they'd use that free codec, uh, but they didn't. The reason they didn't was there was a huge gulf between the two. But they made the protocol open. The company that produces the chip uh, says, we'll sell it to any ham radio operator for $20. Pay us 20 bucks, we'll send you the chip. There, there you go. Uh, so all these different projects came about. And, uh, so it isn't just one company. Then you have Fusion. Fusion is entirely ran by Yesu. So if Yesu decides to change something, guess what? It sucks to be you. Uh, if that company goes down, guess what? It sucks to be you. Uh, whereas opposed to D-Star, is if ICOM starts running it, oh, Kenwood has their own models now, so you can keep going with it. Uh, since it's not locked down proprietary. It's the same thing with Motorola's version. Uh, well, if Motorola decides to hang up their uh, amateur radio business, sucks to be you. It's not open. Well, you know, the company that creates the AMBE chips, you could say the same thing. However, chances are, if you've got a cell phone, it's got that chip in there. Uh, so they sell these chips to major cellular manufacturers. They're not going away anytime soon. So neither is D-Star. D-Star is going to become the standard. Uh, why did I go into it? Uh, well, I was, you know, a bit skeptical at first until there was another ham radio operator here who lives about uh, 15 minutes on the other side of Columbus. We can't talk FM simplex to each other. We've cranked our rigs up to 50 watts, blaring. Uh, we can't get through downtown. Yet, 5 watts on D-Star, we're hearing each other. I can make it out 40 miles from my repeater, uh, clear almost almost to Dayton uh, and still talk to my home repeater. You can't do that with that down. You can do you can use it on simplex, you can use it as a repeater, and you can use it inter interconnect. It's kind of like uh, how uh, at Hamvention uh, two years ago, I picked up uh, an issue of QST from around World War II. It had an interesting article about all the complaints I'd heard about the D-Star and all these digital modes literally mirrored the same thing with the adoption of FM when it came to the new mode. Oh, well, none of the, nobody's supporting it. It's not being come, built in, you know, turnkey ready. It's the same arguments, the same complaints, except that was happening during uh, just after World War II. It's like, wow, you sit and you think about it. Like, yeah, it's going to be one of the new standard modes. Yacy was trying to push their fusion out. It could do some interesting tweaks, tweaks, but it's still got the inherent core problem. Uh, you don't get to talk fusion unless you run Yesu gear only. They're not letting anybody else play in their pool. And they're doing whatever they can, literally bribing repeater owners with free repeater stacks in order to put it out there. Oh, it does D-Star too, but by the way, there's a few hiccups, but we'll ignore that. Okay. Uh, as far as the regular standard DMR stuff goes, uh, 
it's not used around here at all. Uh, it's it's one of those catch twenty twos. People, well, my buddies don't have it, so why should I get it? And you know, if they don't have it, why buy it to begin with? Well, they won't have it unless somebody buys it, shows them how cool it is. Then they get then they get hooked, and then their buddies start to buy it. Then you have individuals who, oh no, this is bad. We don't like it. It's all newfangled. Uh, well, it, chances are when you boil it down to it, they don't have the money for the new rig. They're seeing all their buddies disappear, so they're you know, they're doing what they can to keep their buddies hanging out on the local repeater, and you end up in this weird catch twenty two situation. All right. Well, I, uh, you know, I'd I'd wish they all would you know kind of play together and and do certain things, but I guess it's like a lot of things, you know, you have all these different standards and, you know, sooner or later, it seems like one of them wins out. And so, you know, I don't know if that's uh, going to be the case with this or not, but uh, I, I really have not gotten into uh, any of the, uh, the digital voice stuff yet. And uh, so I'm still trying to decide, you know, which one I want to go for and, uh, and just well, trying to uh, to figure it all out. That's the interesting thing about D-Star. It's an open protocol. Yesu can just as easily buy the chips from the company and put D-Star in the rigs. They don't. They want you to use their proprietary system. It's a business decision they've made. Kenwood originally started out. They took some of the 800s, the ID-800s, and rebranded them and sold them in Japan to kind of test the waters. And then they saw how it was getting picked up over in Japan, and they went, hmm, we need to get into this D-Star boat. And then they began to, and we now have this uh, new HT. Pretty soon, you're going to see mobiles coming with it out. And I foresee down the road, you get another 10 or 20 years, just like FM, you can't buy a, a two-meter transceiver without FM on it anymore. It's just good luck with that. It's going to be the same way with D-Star in about 30 years. Well, we will we will see how that goes. And like I said, we're going to uh, to have some more uh, guests on uh, that will talk about D-Star and uh, DMR and System Fusion and, and kind of look at all of these technologies. So we appreciate you coming on and telling us uh, a little bit about your book and getting us... Uh, little bit of information about how it works and hopefully that will uh, will help some folks out in uh, their quest to um, do their programming I know uh, we had uh, we had a couple of uh, people who wrote in and said you know I bought this brand new modern D star radio and I have no idea how to program it and so uh, hopefully that uh, that will at least get them uh, started and kind of thinking in the right direction and, and get them uh, on their way to uh, to getting that going. So thanks a lot for uh, coming online. Appreciate it. And uh, uh, hopefully uh, this will uh, be helpful to some folks. Uh, no problem. I mean, I've I ran into the same problem. You run into the same questions over and over again. Uh, that's why I wrote the book. That's why D-Star for Dummies is always going to be free this way you get your rig which way you want to go you can use the icom software or i haven't tried out the kenwood software so i don't know anything about that or the rt systems okay now what do you do with d-star here's the book 
this is a book that should have come with your manual. Read to it. Once you got there, you'll you should be good to go. Turnkey, you're rocking. And the hams usually or they take off and they go do their own thing at that point. All right, very good. Well, thank you, Charles, and that's a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. I'd like to thank my guest, Charles, W8KWA, and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening and invite you back next Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time uh, when Gerald Youngblood, K5SDR, will be here. Um, and he's going to talk about, of course, his company, Flex Radio, and some other things. So be sure to tune in for that. Should be a good one. Uh, for a list of all of our upcoming guests, visit hamtalklive.com. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours.